Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The text that's the basis for our sermon this morning is the gospel reading from Mark that was read just a few moments ago. Someone said, you weren't even listening to me, were you? And I thought to myself, well, that's a really funny way to start a conversation. Maybe, maybe some of you have heard that before. This phrase has made its way into so many memes over the last few years, and it really does make me chuckle. I can identify with that at times. But it also gives me pause. Brothers and sisters in Christ, deep listening is at the very heart of every healthy relationship. And so as I chuckle at this phrase, I also wonder how often am I listening to someone and how often am I merely just hearing the words that they're saying? It seems that so much of the time when we interact with one another in conversation, we interact in a way that that doesn't display that genuine care and concern for that other person and the message that they're trying to convey. I wonder if at times you find yourself daydreaming, so to speak. They, they say a word or a phrase and it makes you think of something else and before you know it, you're so far down a rabbit hole that you have no idea how they segued to where they currently are in their statement. Or maybe, maybe in conversation you've caught yourself judging that other person. You, you think things to yourself like, well, you should have just done that. Or, why didn't you? Instead of hearing and listening to their whole thought, you render this verdict of of incorrect and you dismiss them in your mind. Or maybe, how much of the time do you end up listening to respond? In the middle of someone's statement, you latch onto something and they continue on with their explanation, working their thought out, but in your mind, you're strategizing how best to either dismantle that thought Or maybe even to shore up that one thing that they said. Listening well, it's hard. And especially to God, it seems, for you and I. It's very hard. And in our reading for today, we we find Peter and James and John. And they're on this mountain with Jesus. He's transfigured before their eyes. His, His whole appearance is changed for the better but not in just a new suit kind of way, in a heavenly way. The text tells us that his clothing was so white, there was no one on earth that could bleach it that white. This displayed the full divinity of Jesus right there. They could see just who he was, true God and true man. But not only that, standing there with him are Moses and Elijah, What a sight that must have been standing on that mountaintop for Peter and James and John. And Peter, as we know, never, never once at a loss for words, it seems, he steps in. His words betray him as he displays a lack of understanding for exactly what's going on. Lord, it is good to be here. This is a good place to be. Let me set up tents. We'll get the whole campsite set up. We can just hang out here for a while. Though you and I gather here today knowing what followed, 
Peter could not. And though he couldn't fully comprehend what he was seeing, he knew that what he was seeing was absolutely incredible, and so he wanted to stay put. He wanted to linger in that place with with Jesus and Moses and Elijah. Well, I guess James and John could stay since they were there too. That's all right. You see, Peter was relying on his sight in this moment. And just that suddenly, the thoughts that had informed his mind were proven wrong. In an instant, everything changed. The scene reminiscent of Mount Sinai occurred. They found themselves enveloped by this cloud. And a voice spoke and the figures were gone. And just as quickly as it had all started, it was now over. And those words that had been spoken, this is my beloved son, listen to him. Listen. Peter had fallen fallen victim to something that we all too often are guilty of ourselves. That appealing nature of what was before his eyes had led his heart and had led his mind to focus on just the here and now. I think if you and I are honest, this happens with us too. We see something appealing and we respond to the voice of our eyes. Our eyes then speak to our hearts. They speak to our minds. They often end up leading us astray. Even to things that can seem good in the moment. So what Peter's vision led him to that day on the mountain, it was an escape. I can't even imagine. That mountaintop must have felt so amazing compared to all the busyness of daily life below. Here on the mountaintop, oh, Peter must have just everything seemed right. Can't we just stay a while, Jesus? Do we have to to go back down? I'll build the tents. Do you ever feel like that? Do you ever have that mountaintop experience? It's so good, you just want to stay there. The thought of returning down to the throes of daily life, to the busyness of all, just weighs you down and you, you think to yourself, it's good to be here. I'm going to stay here for, for just a while. But the reality of that mountaintop is that it's a moment. And it's really why we call it a mountaintop experience, if you will. Because you're not meant to be in that one moment forever here. Though it's a part of the real life that we experience, it's just a part of it. Most, most of life happens in those everyday joys and everyday sorrows. And that's what Peter, and sometimes you and I, miss. Now, if you were to go back in the Gospel of Mark and read in the passages leading up to this in Mark chapter 8, what you would find is Jesus is there teaching his disciples. The text tells us that he's saying things plainly to them, explaining what has to happen. All the struggle that's coming, his suffering and his death. Peter, 
doesn't like this very much. He gives a little pushback to Jesus, to which Jesus rebukes him with those infamous words, Get behind me, Satan. And Jesus continues on with his explanation. He tells them how they too will endure suffering for his name's sake. So I wondered, does that sound fun? To come back off of that wonderful, glorious mountain to the throes of daily life, to the suffering and the struggle that is waiting for them? No, Peter didn't think that sounded fun either. And so it seems that, that rather than to listen to the words of Jesus intently, he had heard them. Instead of listening to understand the message, he had listened to respond to what Jesus had said. Now, to be fair to Peter and James and John and the other disciples, it wasn't time for them to fully understand Jesus' words yet. And we must always keep in mind as we read God's word, as we listen to his voice, that we are only ever able to comprehend the parts of his revelation to us that he is ready for us to understand. But even as we recognize this, Peter's words on that mountaintop display a reliance not on the words of Christ, but on his own sight. In that terrifying moment for him, instead of looking to Christ for words of comfort or words of guidance, Peter turned inward on himself. And how often do we do that, brothers and sisters in Christ? How often do we turn inward on ourselves and seek answers here instead of turning to God and his word? We somehow think that all of the answers to the struggles of, of daily life lie solely inside of us. And so we rationalize, we, we strategize, and we reason our way through so many times without ever going to God in prayer. Without seeking to listen to his voice in his word, and then frequently... We only turn to him when we hit rock bottom or when there's no other options. We cry out, why God, where are you in the midst of all of this? Well, the truth is, he never moved. We just weren't listening to his voice. Carl Rogers, a psychologist, said these words, active or deep listening is at the heart of every healthy relationship. The one voice, the one voice in existence that is unmoving, unchanging, completely stable, is the voice of God. A voice that's been in existence since before the very dawn of creation, a voice that is power. A voice that spoke to us the perfect law. That law that you and I could never fulfill in our sin, but a voice, a voice that also took on flesh. A voice that became the very word made flesh, Jesus the Christ. Who when that cloud lifted from the top of that mountain was the only one left standing there before Peter and James and John, Moses and Elijah had simply vanished. And that command of God the Father, this is my beloved Son, listen to Him. 
not to your heart, not to your mind, not to your eyes. Instead, tune your ears to the voice of Jesus, the Word made flesh, and not just when convenient, all the time. Jesus was clear about this even when he spoke to his disciple Thomas after the resurrection, saying to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. And St. Paul reminds us of this in Romans 10. So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. In 2 Corinthians 5, we walk by faith and not by sight. Brothers and sisters in Christ, listen to the voice of God in the pages of Scripture. As you do, you will find a God who speaks to you as a loving father. Sometimes sternly as he reminds you of the sin in your life and the need for repentance. And softly at times as he reminds us of his love for us in Christ Jesus and his forgiveness. All the time though, his voice speaking perfectly. Deep listening is at the heart of healthy relationships, every single one of them, both in our relationships with one another here on earth and also in our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Spend time daily in His Word. Hear His voice reminding you of who you are and whose you are, His forgiven child. Hear His voice reminding you of the beautiful future that he has in store for you. A beautiful, beautiful eternity in the new heaven and the new earth in the very presence of God. In the name of Jesus, amen. And now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus to life everlasting. Amen.